everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The first strike, first look right here on Visa. And I'm your host, Dave Ross, joined by the man they call the bully. One of the baddest men on the planet at 145 pounds. He is Ricardo Lamas. Ricardo, it's great to have you in advance here on First Strike, First Look of Saturday's big UFC 274 pay-per-view. And first of all, one, I, I miss your musk. I missed your scent. <laughs> I, it's It's been a minute, my friend. And here, obviously, we can't give the people what they want, which is to see your face here uh, on First Strike, First Look. But I got to know, are you still rocking the mohawk like you, you normally would on a fight week? Uh, it's a bit shaggy right now, Dave. But, you know, when I get the chance to go to the barber, the mohawk always makes his return. Business up front, mohawk in the back. You know how we do there it. You know we know exactly how you do there in the great city of Chicago. Hey, Ricardo, we wanted to have you on, obviously, for, for many different reasons. But, you know, when you look at Justin Gaethje against Charles Oliveira and you've got the 155-pound strap uh, on the line here and Bronx all of a sudden feels like he's reaching a different level, I'd be remiss if I didn't remind the listening audience out there that you once stepped into that octagon with the man that now might be regarded as one of the better lightweight champions we've seen and took care of business against Charles Oliveira. So if you were to advise Justin Gaethje on a game plan Saturday night, what would said game plan be? What, was that me? I did that? That was you. Oh that was it's you. It's been so long, I almost forgot. Thank you for reminding <laughs> me, Dave, and thank you for reminding the viewers and listeners out there. Um, you know, my, my advice to Justin Gagey would just to be Justin Gagey. I mean, anything else would just feel wrong, uh, watching him go into a fight with a specific game plan or trying to keep it on the ground or something like that. You know, Justin Gagey is just this type of guy that's built to go to war. Uh, he loves standing in front of guys moving forward and just punishing them. And I, I feel like when Charles Oliveira is, finds himself in those situations, he kind of gets in a little bit of trouble. We saw it you know, in the fight against Michael Chandler, Michael Chandler mm -hmm. almost had him out in the first round, but luckily he survived. You know, the, it, we could be talking about a completely different fight. If, you know, it would have one little thing went different. Michael Chandler could be the champ. So nobody is unbeatable. And I would just suggest to gauge you to go out there and do his thing. Like he always does. 
Jim Gates, you right now the comeback about a plus a dollar forty-five here. Oliver about minus a dollar sixty-five betting favorite here. Obviously, this is going to change as we get closer and closer to the main event on Saturday night. But that's interesting, Ricardo, because you're saying, Justin Gaethje, you have to be you, which is the freelancing, kind of figure it out as the fight goes on type guy. Did you have a specific game plan against Dubronx, or was it like, hey, he can't handle my wrestling, and I'm going to go ahead and show him. Now, again, that was at, uh, you know, it, it was a while ago, we understand that, but it still doesn't change the fact that you took care of business against a guy that nobody seems to be able to beat right now. Yeah. You know, going into that fight, um, our fight was kind of on short notice. You know, that was back when I was scheduled to fight BJ Penn. And then a week out from that event, the entire event was canceled. So they were kind of scrambling to find me a new opponent. And they came up with Charles Oliveira about a month later. Uh, so I went home to Chicago, came back to Miami and, and started retraining for that camp again. And there wasn't much of a game plan going in. We knew his strengths at the time. We knew his best submissions. You know, he's got that really good kind of uh, variation of an anaconda and a guillotine mixed together. So um, my jujitsu coach, Dan Valverde, one of the best jujitsu practitioners in the world, was was kind of versing me on how to escape that, which if you go back and look at the fight, I did, you know, he went for it, I escaped it. And I think that, you know, Charles, when, when you kind of uh, defend against his best submissions, against, against, his bread and butter, he kind of gets a little bit mentally defeated. So um, I think that Justin Gage, he kind of needs to do the same thing. And, you know, maybe whether that that storm in the first round, the same way that I did against uh, Charles Oliveira, but then Charles Oliveira is also going to have to weather the storm that Justin Gage is going to bring him. You know, mm -hmm. this, this fight is a hard one to call um, when I think about it, because Justin is just one of these guys where you don't know what is going to happen. You don't know what he's going to do. And he could put your lights out with one punch. Ricardo, that's very interesting. You mentioned that here, the ferocity that Justin Gaethje brings into that octagon, and we're all familiar with it. The over-under right now for this potential five-round matchup, the over at one and a half, it's juiced at minus $1.95. But how about that, that a lot of people think this fight's going to be over relatively quickly to put the over-under at a round and a half. Is there a way that we could see Gaethje be technical like he was I thought in his best performance against Tony Ferguson, where we expected that wild style and we never got it. And we got a disciplined Justin Gaethje and he was easily able to take care of Tony Ferguson because of that style. Yeah. You know, I think we've kind of seen Justin Gaethje begin to pace himself in these fights. You know, we saw that against Ferguson. We even saw that a little bit uh, in the fight against Chandler. He's not rushing in, which when he did that in the past, he kind of found himself in trouble and he may have gotten clipped here and there. And that's how he got stopped a few times in the past, like by uh, Dustin Poirier and such. So um, we've definitely seen him, I think, mature as a fighter. And now he's he's starting to learn the game a little better and, and, and learn that, hey, you know, I don't have to go 100 percent right out of the gate. I can pace myself and then I won't gas out in the later rounds. So I think we're just seeing that evolution of a fighter that, you know, the more fights you get in the UFC, the more you're in the water with those sharks, you learn how to swim with them better. Yeah, no question about it. This is First Strike, First Look here on VEASAN. Dave Ross joined by the man they call the bully, Ricardo Lamas. Follow him on Twitter as I do, at Ricardo Lamas MMA. Uh, and uh, one of the few men on the planet that was able to beat the guy that's going to be in the main event, Charles Dubronx Oliveira, on Saturday night with that strap on the line. There are two title bouts, Ricardo, on this card. The other one, uh, Rose Namajunas in a rematch against Carla Esparza here. And you can understand that Thug Rose is a solid favorite in this one, over $2 favorites against Esparza to keep her crown at 115 pounds. At first first strike, first look, 
Uh, what do you make of this matchup here? Why could it be different if people want to back the dog in Esparza? Well, I mean, number one, Carlos Esparza won that first fight back in the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, I believe it was the Ultimate Fighter finale, and uh, they faced each other there. Carlos Esparza came mm-hmm. out the victor, so now is a chance for redemption for Rose Namajunas. And Rose has uh, been looking terrific. I mean, she's a completely different fighter from when they fought the first time. But Carlos Esparza does have that that confidence in her, you know, knowing that she had beaten her in the past. So if there's one thing that you need going into any fight, it's confidence. Uh, so we don't know what can happen, you know, and, and it wouldn't be a terrible thing to bet on Esparza because she's beaten Rose before. And if you beat someone before, you can beat him again. You know, that's interesting, too, because you and I have talked that on many different shows in our time together, Ricardo, that, again, uh, you know, you think what might be different here for Carla Esparza the first time around? Well, she doesn't have to change a thing. Rose has got to change everything. And Rose is that type of fighter, as as, as dynamic as she is, and Ricardo, this is another conversation we've had before, where it feels like she can get in her own head. Is Carla Esparza yep. in her head because she beat her? I know it's a long time ago, but you, you mentioned sometimes rematches don't change very much from what we saw the first time around. Yeah, you know, I was just about to uh, to touch on that, Dave, and, and you hit it right on the head. I think, you know, Rose Namajunas in the past, her biggest enemy has kind of been herself, where she mm-hmm. has gotten in her head. Uh, it, it seems like she's fixed that a little bit. You can see kind of her her mantras before the fight starts, kind of repeating to herself, I am the best, I'm the best. But, you know, a truly confident person doesn't really have to be repeating that to themselves over and over. So we'll see on Saturday if she's really fixed that bug in her head. Because this is going to be the biggest test for her going to going up against somebody who has beaten her in the past. I mean, you know, when it when it comes to the mental part of the game, getting over that hump is one of the biggest ones uh, in MMA. And here we go, because you look at the over under again in this five round championship bout uh, over is juiced at minus a dollar eighty five, four and a half rounds. So, Ricardo, we know what the cookie monster wants to do. She wants to wrestle. Right. We know what Rose wants to do. She wants to strike. Do you think this goes deep into the uh, Arizona night here, that this potentially goes to the cards? I think that in Carlos Barza's best interest, that's going to be what she's going to want to do. You know, she's going to want to drag Rose down early in the fight, kind of wear her out and, you know, grind out to to a big decision win. Uh, I think Rose Namajunas, on the other hand, not only is her striking terrific, but her submission game is not to be goffed at either. So she's a very well-rounded fighter. And if it hits the ground, you know, I could see her pulling off a sub as well. Uh, that is going to be uh, the second of the two uh, title bouts on display on Saturday night. And then when you have Tony Ferguson against Michael Chandler, two guys uh, that have certainly had title aspirations in the past, I am stunned when I see that Michael Chandler is an over $4 favorite. Now, I know that Tony Ferguson might not look like the same guy. He's had some injuries to his knees. What do you make of this matchup here? Because, again... I got to think Chandler wants to throw that right hand. He wants to wrestle Tony Ferguson. I never know what to expect whenever he steps foot in an octagon. Yeah, you know, I agree hundred percent. I think the odds makers here are kind of overlooking Tony Ferguson. I mean, this guy, he is hard to put away. I mean, if you, if you look at his fight against Justin Gagey, you know, the ref had to come in and stop the fight for Tony's own good, but Tony, there is no quit in this guy. And Mm -hmm. you know, he, very unorthodox and and he pulls techniques out of nowhere uh very unorthodox techniques that you don't see coming that you don't really have a chance to train for in training camp uh so for michael chandler being uh that big of a favorite you know i i don't know i'd, I'd like it to see a little more even 
because Tony Fer- Ferguson, you know, he's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get to quote uh, Forrest Gump. It's a great Forrest Gump line. And, and it's true because with Ferguson, you just don't know. He's going to come out breakdancing. Is he going to try to get the fight down to the ground? Does he want to use some of those bizarre striking techniques that he uses? He's so unorthodox against, you know, you don't want to just call Michael Chandler an orthodox fighter, but he's pretty straightforward, right? I mean, it's going to be, if you were going up against Chandler, you know what to look for. Look out for the right hand and look for the wrestling because that's what he's going to want to try to implore to, to slow down Tony, right? To try to make maybe uh, take away that freelancing ability that Ferguson likes to utilize. Exactly. You know, Michael Chandler has said it himself in interviews and, and pre-fight shows that, you know, he's the type of guy that, trains the basics that work and he trains them so well that it doesn't matter if you know they're coming he's going to do it anyway and he's going to catch you with it you know he he trains that one two more than anything else his double leg so you know he's going in there and looking to end this fight with with an a nice right hand is is what i see coming uh and with a guy like tony ferguson you know who's so unorthodox you know you got Mm -hmm. one guy that trains the basics and one guy that trains the whatever's out there, you know, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what this guy's taken before practice, but he comes up with some wild stuff. So when you have two styles like that meeting each other, you can't really tell what's going to happen. Yeah. That's why I'm with you. I, I look, I get it. Shane is a solid favorite, but over a four dollar betting favorite, one of the biggest, uh, in the entire fight card that seems a little bit overpriced from my, my inkling there with Michael Chandler. Let's talk about the former champ Shogun Hua is back into the octagon, taking on Ovin St. Prue. Now Ovin St. Prue right now over a $2 favorite against uh, Mauricio here. What do you make of Shogun getting back in that octagon? Uh, you know, this is one of these guys that it's, it's, hard, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell if he's done. It's hard to tell if he's got more in the tank. Uh, we're going to see. One thing I do want to know about this fight is what is the over-under of Ovin St. Prue finishing this fight with the Von Prucho? Oh, my goodness. Right? I mean, if there's ever a guy by submission with uh, one of the more bizarre chokes we've ever seen, that's what <laughs> Ovin St. Prue likes to do. So you know he, wanna get, he wants to get this fight down to the ground, and that's certainly something that Hua wants to avoid uh, in his return to the octagon. You got the Cowboy, Donald Cerrone back in there against Joe Lozon. I mean, you've got some legends uh, that are fighting on this card as well, very deep card. Again, are you like me that you get kind of like caught up in the the old guys, the nostalgia when you see uh, Shogun, you see Cowboy back in there? But from a betting perspective, I don't know that that's always the best way to go. Obviously, my dad always taught me bet with your head, not your heart. Yes, I've been wrong many times betting with my heart instead of my head. But, you know, you just got to do it sometimes. Uh, <laughs> you know, and seeing these guys, the, the Donald Cerrone and Joe Lozon, this is a great fight. I mean, these are guys, mm-hmm. two guys that have been around for a very long time. It's almost like uh, a, a legacy fight. You know, I think uh, UFC should stick with more fights like this, maybe, maybe open up a legacy division, then, hey, you know, maybe I'll come back. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is that breaking news here on First Strike, First Look, that Ricardo Lamas might come out of retirement for a legacy fight? And if you were to have a legacy fight, Ricardo, who do you want to fight? Yeah, you know, there'd be, a, there'd be a lot of names out there. I'd have to see who's the most enticing and who would bring the most money. But, I mean, if UFC opened up kind of a legacy division, I'm all in for that one. You know, Conor McGregor called you out not that long ago. He said, you want me to stay in the 145-pound ranks and fight the Ricardo Lamases of the world? We never saw that fight. Would that intrigue you? Of course it intrigued me. It intrigued me if if the money's right, you know? I'm I'm getting older, Dave. I'm about those bucks now, my friend. Well, let me ask you this. The the question everybody wants to know at America, what what do you weigh? 
<laughs> I'm still 170 sexy. It, you know, it what? fluctuates. It fluctuates. <laughs> 170 sexy. There he is, everybody. Follow him on Twitter at Ricardo Lamas MMA. Uh, Ricardo, very quickly before we let you go, tell everybody about the gym you have going on back there, back home in Chicago. Yeah, I got a UFC gym over in Naperville, uh, west suburb of Chicago. So if anybody's around, want to come in, hit the bag a little bit, come check us out. We're at uh, 790 Royal St. George Drive in Naperville, Illinois. There he is, everybody. Again, when this thing's all over, I think we should get an apartment together. Ricardo Lamas, everybody. <laughs> he is the bully. Uh, always great. For, and appreciate your time and information, Ricardo, as always. Thanks, Dave. Have a good one. There it is, everybody. First Strike for First Look on a Tuesday. Of course, we'll be back with First Strike on Friday in advance of UFC 274, two title bouts, Saturday night in Arizona. Thanks for listening to First Strike First Look. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.